In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have to confess to you that as I prepared to be with you today and to preach this morning, I had all kinds of dilemmas to deal with. The first thing I had to overcome was the nervousness that when I got here this morning, I might be the only one here. Bishops aren't exactly noted for special places in heaven. So I can't tell you how glad I am to see you all sharing this moment with me. I did think for a minute that I might spend some time talking about the fallacies of rapture theology. Um, But that would just make it worse. So I thought I'd turn to Scripture, because we have confirmation this morning. And let the word of Scripture relate to the confirmands. And then I read the reading from Acts of the Apostles, the martyrdom of Stephen. The confirmands may not have wanted to know that that was in there. And so I did turn to the Gospel reading, Every time I read these encounters in John's Gospel between the disciples and Jesus, I feel so good. They just never seem to get it, do they? Jesus tells them that he is about to leave them, and what did they ask? So where are you going? Three years they have heard Jesus, tell them who he was and why he was walking this world, and they still don't get it. And so he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you listen carefully, you can see that didn't turn anybody's light bulbs on, did it? Philip said, well, why don't you just show us the Father, and then we can be done with this. Always one more thing. Always one more proof. It makes me feel good because I have those moments all the time. That's one of the things I want the confirmands to remember. That being a Christian is not about certainty. It's about struggle. It's about faith. It doesn't come with a guarantee. And many of us believe it doesn't come with a timeline either. At the core of what is about to happen to you is this concept of faith. We have, I think, probably mistakenly equated faith with belief, with embracing a certain set of propositions that if only we believe the right propositions, we will be faithful people. Guess what? The apostles found out that didn't work, didn't they? And the Christians who followed them, and the ones who followed them, and the ones who followed them, discovered that being a Christian was not dependent on which set of propositions you believe. And in fact, Christianity has, for its entire history, spent an enormous amount of time 
having debates about which propositions it will believe and not believe, even down to our own time. We live in a time where people tell us, well, you can't believe that and be a Christian, or you must believe this in order to be a Christian. It misses the whole point. The Greek word, pistuo, is an interesting word. First of all, as a verb, it has no passive forms. What that means is you can't ever have it. You can't be it. You can only do it. Faith, for whatever it is, is an activity. An activity of human beings. Faith, in the end, is an absolute unshakable, a tri-abiding trust in God. <clears throat> Why do you think Jesus was always so upset at moments like the moment in today's gospel? Not only did they not trust God, they didn't trust him. And so they always wanted more proof. The dilemma is, if you have proof, you don't have faith. Our friends in California tried to convince us that if we just believed a certain proposition, and of course sent a check for all our worldly being, goods, that everything would be fine. The truth of the matter is that faith and its opposite are present in the world all the time. But its opposite is not unbelief. The opposite of faith is fear, being dominated and driven and shaped by the fears that we carry through life. Everyone sitting in this building this morning has them. Some of us aren't very public about what ours are, but we have them. And oftentimes those fears drive the decisions we make, the choices we embrace, and the lives we live. As Jesus talks to his disciples, he has a simple goal in mind today, to help them let go of their fear and embrace their trust. That's what I would say to our confirmands this morning as they prepare to receive that sacrament. Be willing to let go of your fear and embrace an absolute abiding trust that God is in the middle of your life. We administer to you the sacrament of confirmation the outward sign of which is an ancient sign of the laying on of hands, a sign of the imparting of the Spirit that goes back into the deepest, darkest parts of the Old Testament record. When prophets commissioned their successors, they laid hands on their heads. In the New Testament, when the apostles commissioned the first successor, Matthias, they laid hands on his head 
And that sign has been transmitted through the church for all of its history. It is always a sign of the presence of the Spirit, God's empowerment of his people to be and do all that he hopes for them. And so, more than just quietly receiving the Spirit, every one of you will be empowered to live up to your vocation, to live up to God's call to you, to have the courage to become more than what the apostles were at that moment in today's gospel reading. Guess what? We found out later in their history, didn't we, that when they were filled with the Spirit, their lives changed. On the day of Pentecost, they finally got out of their closed little room of fear and went into the world. And because of what they did, everyone in this church is here today. That's what setting aside fear in embracing trust can do. It can transform the world in which we live. We all know that our world needs some help. It doesn't need to disappear in the twinkling of an eye. It needs people like you and I to be committed to transformation, to have the courage and the trust in God that things can be different and that things can be better. But as a sign of that courage, we have to be involved. We cannot just stand by as spectators and watch the world go by. Because part of our vocation is that God calls us to go out of places like this into the world around us that is broken and torn and to make a difference by our very presence. And so maybe you should be a little nervous today. This is a heavy burden that you are about to take on to yourself. You are committing yourselves to go forth in apostolic ministry, just as those goofy apostles did so long ago, to make a difference in this world, to not just let it be the way it is, or to try to escape it through theological fantasies, but to embrace it, to love it, to hold it up to Jesus, and then to let Jesus use you to transform it. It's a big job. It's a daunting job. But confirmation, the laying out of hands, is a sign that God has given you the power to accomplish it. You have an entire lifetime. You have all the time you need because God gives you all the time you need to be his living presence in the midst of a broken and torn world. And so I pray for you this day. I pray for you every day as you go forth from this place and take your place in the world, along with all of the others who sit in these pews. We are God's people called to be his redemptive presence in this world that we call home. Amen.